Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where today we're going to connect the dots again between the Lordship of Jesus Christ and every area of our lives. And we're going to be talking about a really, really important subject today. And that is hearing the voice of God and how we learn to discern the frequencies of heaven, which is a new series that we kicked off yep. uh, not too long ago. And, uh, and I think it's critical uh, a critical topic for the body of Christ today and for the church in general. Yeah, the integral question to this series is, is God spe still speaking to us today in a personal, personal, intimate way? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, uh, well, first of all, people in the world obviously mock Christians or anybody who thinks that they're hearing voices uh, that they want to put us in insane asylums. I was I was making recent reference to uh, the, the the mockery of uh, Vice President Pence uh, regarding his devotional life and how he seeks the Lord for direction and this, so forth and so on. And uh, you know the the left just goes crazy with that kind of talk because. Yep. You know, to first of all, to believe that there is a God. Secondly, that, to believe that, that God talks. And thirdly, to believe that you would actually believe that, you know, bring God into your practical decisions or government is just uh, uh, outrageous. Right. Um, so that's that's the world side. But but then we're dealing with what I believe is even a greater problem. And that's the fact that there are many in the church today who simply believe that uh, there's only one way that God speaks, and that's through the scriptures. And of course, obviously, we believe that's the main way. But yeah. But uh, the real question is, does God speak in other ways? And uh, and for much of the church, they would you know they would say no. So that that creates quite a problem uh, as it relates to the strength of the church and the prophetic voice of the church. Absolutely. Uh, and those are some of the things we're trying to address, you know, in this series. Yeah, and it's interesting because I grew up in the, um, you know, in a background with Bible studies, emphasis on the Word of God, and there was never. Uh, a teaching that God doesn't speak intimately. Uh, however, there was not a focus emphasis on that. So right. by default, we kind of focus on the scripture and through the preaching of the word, through Bible study, through general principles. Uh, but it wasn't until college when I really discovered that God is still speaking to us in an intimate, intimate way yeah. uh, through the scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but, there's a distinction between something you a principle you learn in Bible study and say, oh, that's the right way to live, versus the Lord speaking directly to the situation, yeah. um, using scripture and sometimes uh, never contradicting scripture, but sometimes out, but not using scripture words, just the direction like, hey, you should go this way, right. you know, right. And what we're saying is, you know, the, and you bring out a good point. The the Bible is a guide for us, and we're going to get in that in future future weeks. Sure. Um, and it is the highest form of revelation. Period. Yeah. Uh, but God speaks to us in principle form through the Scripture. You know His precepts, His commands, His laws, His yeah. decrees, uh, and praise God for that. That that's the, that's the roadmap. But like we're saying, there's there's a myriad of decisions that you're you're going to face just this week. Yeah. Um, you know, from uh, some people, should I date this person? Should I? Uh, marry this person? Should I buy this car? Should I invest in in uh, in this business? You know, I mean, yeah. a, a, a myriad of decisions that uh, you can go to the scriptures for to find general principles. Um, but when you need specific direction, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, yeah. and that's where He wants to lead us and guide us uh, into all truth. The Bible says, yeah. but and and 
looking at the scriptures, I mean, to me, it's crystal clear. The Lord spoke to his people in an intimate way. He spoke to Jesus. I mean, there are times he spoke to Jesus, and Jesus spoke using scriptures. And there are times that God gave him very specific instructions. Uh, for example, how do you pick the, his 12 disciples? He went to the mountainside and yeah. prayed all night. You know, there was no scripture that saying, thou shalt pick right. Matthew or, or James or John. You <laughs> no, know, that's a great example. Yeah. And he, he but he, he spent the night in prayer. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit yep. without measure. So the Holy Spirit led him uh, to those to that selection process. Yeah. But that's a great point. And, and, the, and the Bible's full of, of supernatural intervention all the way from the Old Testament, certainly into the New Testament. And, and I think sometimes we overlook the supernatural nature of the Scriptures, that God is still a God who speaks. Yeah. And um, and that's what we're trying to highlight in this series. How do we tune into the frequencies of heaven? You know, where when I say that's kind of an abstract way. You know, when you're wanting to get the radio station, you have to tune it in right yeah. uh, to the right frequency, and then you can hear. Well, we believe there's a God who speaks and who cares about us and who loves us intimately and who promises to guide and direct our lives. And so we really need to learn to tune into the frequency. Uh, so that we hear clearly uh, what it is that the Lord is is saying. I, I love the analogy you used about tuning in to the freaking saying, you know, for those of us who remember the dial on the radio, you know, now you just hit a button. No, now you just use the internet that button's whatever. Doing all right, the, doing that button's all the, doing what we used to right. do manually. But that tuning in, I remember doing that. And, and, and you know, there is there is a discipline to listen to avoid, to discern the voice of God, and yeah. what what I've seen is people either dismissed it or they just say everything I hear is the voice of God, and these two again two two extreme versus just saying you know what, and, and when you have people who think everything is the voice of God, you know you get you get a mess sometimes, and people yeah. look at that and be like, of course God doesn't speak, right. instead of saying well maybe that person needs to be more disciplined, they need more help, they need to go through some biblical principle to listen to the voice of go. God. And I think what you said is true. You remember when, remember when you try to find the station? Yeah. What would you get when until you hit static the, sometimes that's yeah right. all that static noise yeah. in the background and i think that's what what we're trying to help people work through is yeah. the static of life yeah you know there's lots of noise and uh, and how do you how do you learn to discern f- first of all between just my my own noise yeah. between the noise of voices out there in the you know from the news media or right. whatever the, that noise how about the noise that Satan provides? You know, there sure. there is a deceiver who tries to twist truth and lead us astray, right? And and we and and he speaks to us. You know, he condemns us, challenges us, judges us. You know, uh, makes sin look, tempts us, makes sin look really good. And then, of course, there's the voice of the Holy Spirit uh, and the voice of the Scriptures and and uh, other ways that God has chosen to spoke uh, speak to us. So we have to we have to learn how to fine tune fine tune our dial. Yeah. So that we get rid of the static. And I think that's what this series is going to be no, about. That's great. And I love the example you use uh, to kind of introduce a series with this, the, the, the story of Samuel. Yep. You know, so why did you select, of all the people in the scriptures, why did you select Samuel? Yeah. As- well, I thought Samuel provided a great prototype for us mm-hmm. because here you have a, a young man who is concert, you know, he's the product of a, of a mother's supernatural uh, you know, prayer and intercession. You know, uh, Hannah, of course, could not conceive. She cried out to the Lord. She said, Lord, if you give me this child, I will dedicate him you know, to you for all of his life. So Samuel's really a picture of a Nazarite mm-hmm. consecration, uh, young man given to God. Uh, and so he's being discipled, right? He's serving under uh, Eli in the temple. He's being discipled to be a priest. Um, but he's never learned to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. So you know the story. He's sleeping. 
he hears the voice, Samuel. He's never heard the voice of God before. He runs to, he runs to Eli. Eli says, no, nah, it wasn't me. Go back to bed. Yeah. He hears the voice a second time. Eli tells him the same instructions. He hears the voice a third time. And then Eli's finally picking up on this, right? Hey, if you, if you hear the voice, it's probably the Lord. Respond and, and say this. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I love it because the voice of the Lord comes the fourth time, but he calls Samuel by name five times. Mm. Samuel, Samuel. He says his name twice. Mm. And we shared, you know, this is what's beautiful about the the Lord pursuing us. The Lord is initiating this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage people, you know, it's not like we're trying to get God to talk. You know, hey, God, say something. (laughs) You know, will you please talk? Are you alive? No, God is pursuing Samuel. And God is pursuing you and I. He He wants a relationship with us. And I love the, fu- the fact that he said Samuel's name five times because, of course, in Scripture, five is the number of grace. I mean, this is the grace of God to speak to us. I mean, God could be silent. God could be a God who does not communicate to us, but he's not. He's a God that talks. He's a God that wants relationship with us. No, that's good. And, uh, and that's why Samuel, I think, is so important. And, you know, we broke that down into, into to three basic points. First of all, speak. Mm-hmm. Speak. Uh, and it is the posture that we have when we actually believe that God talks to us. Yeah. And uh, and that is an important posture because some people go through life and they, they just act like God doesn't care or God's not wanting to talk. And I just want to say to who's ever listening today, God, God cannot have a personal relationship with you if he does not speak and if you do not respond. Uh, and so it's very important that we believe that God is a God who speaks. And, and I just want to say this too. We are people who are full of the Holy Spirit, right? And we are people who have the Word of God. And so we need to assume that God is wanting to not only speak to us, but speak through us. Mm. And what we found in, in this passage, as far as background, is the nation was was a mess. Here's why. Because the priesthood was a mess. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, Eli is at this point physically blind, but he's he's spiritually blind as a bad as well. Yeah, he is not he is not a strong uh, prophetic leader. In fact, his own household is not being ruled well. His sons Hophni and Phineas, the Bible calls them scoundrels. Yeah, I mean these are his own sons who are living as priests, are not consecrated to the Lord, and as a result, they're committing all kinds of sexual sin. And uh, the name of the Lord is being trampled and the reputation of the Lord is being trampled. And so the Bible says it was rare in those days for God to speak. Uh, And it's not rare for God to speak. It's rare when God is choosing not to speak, we need to ask the question, why? And you and I were talking about in America today, the corruption that's going on, and much of it is centered around sexual perversion, not only in our culture, but also in the church. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's not a week that goes by sometimes where we don't read about somebody who's had a, a moral failure. Uh, and again, not to condemn those people, but it shows you the weakness that's in that's in the pulpits. Yeah. And I think largely, largely, there's a weakness in the pulpit because we've lost our prophetic voice because we're not hearing the fresh word of God. We're we're we're, we're even speaking nice principles from the pulpit, right? We're doing nice little Bible sermons. But there's no vital personal relationship uh, with Jesus that's transforming us. And I think you, you hit it on the head. The reason why, this is my, my opinion, I think the reason why the prophetic voice, hearing the voice of God is absent from a lot, I don't want to say every, but a lot of major ministerial leadership or pastors or whatever you call it, 
is because it's beyond our control. It's beyond our system. It's beyond our, our formulas. Yeah. Right? Hearing the voice of God is one thing that transcends all our, what we can do, our control, our process, our journey. Yeah. Um, we, we don't have control over that. And in America today, if we don't have control of it, we, we, we're afraid of it. We alienate it. We push it aside um, until we really come to a point of desperation when we realize that we cannot fix the problem we have in the world with our own strength and our own power. I think the world right now, in America especially, are looking for prophetic leadership. The church is looking for prophetic leadership because they recognize within our existing system, what we've seen the last couple of months is that there is corruption on such deep levels that within our current system, it, it can't fix it. Yeah. We need a prophetic voice. We need something from heaven. And I think there's a hunger for the for the, for the the voice of God more than ever. I mean, that's kind of the sense I feel. I feel that in my own heart, you know? Well, I agree. And, and what happens is if there's no thus saith the Lord coming from the pulpit, speaking to power, yeah. then uh, you, you have weakness. And, and what we find just prior to 1 Samuel 3, the backdrop is they're going off to war, Israel, yeah. and they're getting their brains beat oh, out. That's such a great example, right? They're losing. Yeah. And I, and again, I, I think most Americans would, would realize that America right now is not winning. We're in a weak place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Israel was in a weak place. And the point was that, you know, the leaders get together and they ask the right question. Why are we getting our brains beat out? Yeah. And the church should be asking that question today. You know, why are, is the church not winning? And what the, the conclusion that the leaders came to was, ah, we forgot to bring the Ark of the Covenant with <laughs> yeah. us. And this gets to a great point that you talk about, the difference between a, 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 a physical Ark, right? A, a principle, a, uh, uh, a formula, yeah. a box, a, token. a piece of, yeah, yeah. A token, a yeah. piece of fur religious furniture yeah. uh, that, as we shared, it wasn't the, the Ark that was special, it was the glory of God that... that uh, it, it, held it, it was yeah. over the yeah. ark. It yeah. was it was the place where God manifested His presence, right. and uh, and and again, the presence, the voice, uh, the, the the prophetic message from the Lord, uh, all of that is wrapped up. The holiness, the blood that was that was placed over the uh, the ark, you know, the mercy seat, um, all of that was so powerful, pointing to the, to the greater reality. It wasn't the furniture; yeah. it was the greater reality of the glory of God. And so their response, if we, as we highlighted on that Sunday, was, uh, oh, let's bring it with us. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're encouraging people. The Holy Spirit in the presence of God is not an it. It's not magical. It's not a, it's like, like you said, it's not a box or the formula. Uh, it is the glory of the Lord. It's, it's the living God. And God, God just basically was like, you know what? I'm not going to show up for that battle. You, you know, just because you bring you bring my, the ark, you bring it. Yeah. I'm not it, you know. And you've you've turned your back on me a long time ago. I, I want to give an example for this. I think everyone can understand. Okay, like you know, as as pastors, we get drawn into arguments and discussion, disputes before. Oh, even black black married couples. You know, I get drawn on one side and be like, or 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 just any type of dispute, and basically said, hey, Pastor Andrew, I basically want you to go and tell the other person how wrong they are. You know, <laughs> you know, you've been in that situation before, right? Sure, sure. And any season pastor will realize you never listen to just one side of the story. There's always two sides of the story. And at the very beginning, clearly say, no, I won't be used as your tool, as your weapon. I'm here to help both of you. I'm here to bring uh, restitution. I'm not here. Well, that's not what I want. I really want you to go. I mean, they won't say it, but that's right, the feel right. like I'm not here to agree with you. If you if you're here coming to 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 take to ask for my advice, I am not going to just say whatever it's going to be. 
make you happy. I have enough discernment to realize I'm here to help you to see the big picture. Now, I feel like it's the same. If I can, me, a measly human, can recognize when I'm being used, used yeah. how much more could God, when he when they're like, oh, yeah, let's bring the ark in to win this back. We've been disobedient. We've been sexual immoral. We've been not listening to God, not going for God's purpose. But now we need him. So I'm going to bring this genie to the, to the battlefield, and God's going to do our bidding. Are you kidding me? Well, and look at let's bring it up to nowadays, yeah, because that's a great illustration. Uh, I've known people that they, you know, when they get into trouble or they want something, and uh, that's when they pull the, the magic genie out is just the scriptures. Yeah. So now we're going to quote this verse, <laughs> yeah. you know, ninety-five times until we hit the magic jackpot, yeah. and then God gives us what the verse says. Again, it, it's it's almost like trying to use God's own words to. To uh, you know, to twist him to do something that it, it, the relationships is taken totally right, out of it. That's exactly. the problem, and, yeah. and I think that's the point here. That you cannot move uh, in agreement with God when your relationship's not right and when you're not listening. And as we shared, relationship is two way. Uh, it's not just that that, that uh, I read the principles of God in Scripture and that I relate to words in the Bible. The words point us to Jesus. And to uh, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father, and that's who I have a relationship with, uh, not with the furniture, and not with a book. The book is the means that takes me to yeah. the relationship. Well, we're going to get a little bit more into that in weeks to come. But yeah. but anyway, that's where they were at, and so uh, you know, it's that it's that backdrop where God's getting ready to raise up something new. A well, new I want to go back to that that, yep. that ark real quick. You know, so the Israelites gets completely destroyed. The ark is taken. But it's so interesting because if you follow the story of the ark after it was taken by the enemy, the Lord starts showing his glory. Yeah. And he starts destroying whatever town or city. He's like, I don't need it. I mean, to me, it was just God saying, look, like, I'm powerful. I'm still powerful. Yeah. I and mean, you would follow the whole story and just how the, uh, um, who the enemy at that time, the Philistines, or the, I think the Philistines, um, and how they had to, you know, raid. You know, they have to kind of like come back and surrender the ark back to a different town. I don't. I remember the whole well, situation. I remember. I think it was uh, Dagon. You know. Oh, he, the god Dagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he knocked down and the and yeah. the t- they put they put the ark next to. Remember, he's knocked down. His arms are cut off. He's, right. and, and really, which leads me to, to I guess a good a good point. You know, God single handedly defeats all the gods of the enemy. Yeah. Right? All the false gods. Right. And makes makes a name for himself. It's like he doesn't need any help. He doesn't need help, yeah. But he's also not going to be taken advantage of <laughs> by Israel, who should know better. Right. Um, but I love what it says here in Psalm 115. And and I want us to talk about this a little bit, because here's the problem. If, if your theology basically says God doesn't talk, or God's not speaking anymore, or whatever, um, th- this is what you're guilty of. Psalm 115. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. And then it says, they have mouths, but they can't speak. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. Noses, but can't smell. Hands, but they can't feel. Feet that can't walk. Throats that cannot make a sound. I mean, that's a pretty pathetic idol, all right? That idol can do nothing. Uh, But look at what it says in verse 8. Those who make idols are just like them, That's good. as are all who trust in them. That's Psalm 115, 4 through 8. And the point that, that we made, and I think it's a powerful point, 
If you believe that God is no longer speaking today, that once we got the Bible and the scripture, that God stopped talking. He stopped talking through the Holy Spirit. He stopped talking through dreams. He stopped talking through, um, you know, uh, uh, circumstances, uh, experiences, yeah. all, a, a confirmation through others. I mean, there's lots of ways that we're going to talk about that God speaks. Basically, then what you're saying is, well, I don't believe God speaks that way. So you cut off God's uh, eyes. He can't see. He cut off God's mouth. There's tongue. You can't talk. Well, God doesn't do miracles today. My, I go to a church that believes God stopped doing miracles when the last apostle died. Okay, well, if you want to believe that, you just cut off God's arms. You just cut off God's feet. Uh, God never listens to me when I cry out to him. Well, you just cut off God's ears because you believe that God doesn't hear you. In other words, the God that you're serving, if the God you're serving it, it doesn't speak and is impotent, it's not that that's the true God. That's the God you've created through you know, bad, th bad theology or unbelief. Uh, and your God's no different than the God here of the, of the, the, the nations who worship the false gods. Uh, yeah. And so what good is it if we serve a God who's weak and powerless, can't hear, can't speak, can't see, and can't do anything? Uh, but again, that's not the true and living God. Yeah, and, and to me, I'm going to take a leap of faith here. When that's the God you worship, you end up making, you're worshiping a false God. And basically, when you worship a false God, you worship yourself. You're worshiping what you can do, what you have control of, what your understanding is. And you're worshiping yeah. a God in your, made in your own, in your own image. image. And, and in my experience is when I worship, when I submit myself to a place to listen to God, to his voice, he always takes me to a place of brokenness, the place of in which I, I, I'm incompetent. I don't have any power. I have no control. I have to hear the voice of God. It, it doesn't take me to a place in which I feel so empowered. It takes me to a place in which, which I feel so weakened that I need God's voice to guide me and lead me. It, it leads to dependency. It doesn't lead to arrogance. It leads to yeah. a place of weakness. And that's good. Does our If faith is genuine, it should lead us to a place of brokenness and dependency, yeah. not pride and independence. Yeah, absolutely. And some people are basically like, well, I don't really they need God because I got my life all figured out. I, they do all the religious things. And I, I think that's the other point I would just want us to make in this particular podcast is Samuel was a nice church boy, to, to use it in our language. Sure, yeah. He was raised a church from, from the moment he was a weaned, the Bible says, right? It's from the minute he was weaned, he was under the care of, of uh, Eli. And it, he was taught all the stuff. So we could put it in our vernacular. He went to Sunday school. He learned all the Bible lessons. Um, he probably served. Uh, maybe he passed out the offering plate. Yeah. Uh, he helped clean the church. <laughs> yep. I mean, he was, he was a church kid. But, but the Bible says something really powerful. It, it says Samuel did not yet know the Lord because God had not yet spoken to him. Mm. And, and this is really, really important. There, are, there might be some of you listening today. You've been raised in church. You know all the Bible stories. You've been in Sunday school. You, you know, you're a greeter at the door. Um, you come out on work days. Maybe you've been on a mission trip and you've you know, helped, helped people in humanitarian ways or whatever. All of those things are, are good in and of their own right. But, but that's not what it means to know Jesus. There, ha This is supernatural. There has to be a supernatural encounter with God that changes your heart. That's what it means to be born again. You know, I've heard people say sometimes, well, you know, you just believe this, 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 and you're saved. But as the Bible points out, it's, it, mental assent to truth is does not save you. The devil knows uh, all of those points. The devil knows the Bible. He's not saved. There has to be an awakening in your heart 
where Jesus encounters you and brings that dead stony heart to life and turns it into a, a heart of flesh. Yeah. Um, and to where your desires change and to where you have a hunger to know the Lord and to where when you read the scriptures, uh, the Holy Spirit makes makes the Word of God, the written Word, come to life in your heart. And it wasn't until Samuel heard God call him by name mm-hmm. that that he, at that point, was awakened to what his role was as a prophet, as somebody who could hear God and speak on God's behalf. And, and out of all the Old Testament figures, it's hard to find a more righteous uh, man of God, a, a yeah. more accurate voice of God. Uh, than the voice of Samuel. Well, I want to ask you, well, share something personal. At the men's encounter, you share about, you know, your son's experience. And you have eight kids, you have a bunch of kids who grew up in the church. But you yeah. mentioned something powerful. I forgot either in the encounter or the Sunday afterwards about what you guys, you and your wife is praying for. It's not that they have those religious yeah. activities, but it's, it's the experience of God. Right. What, well, what, what I think we all know to be true is, you know, you can you raise your kids to love the Lord. You, you teach your kids the Bible. You, you bring them to church. Um, but you cannot manufacture a born again experience. Yeah. You can't. It, it's you don't manufacture it. I can't say, Andrew, do you believe this verse? Right. Oh, yes. Do you believe this? Yes. Do you believe, then let's pray right now. Uh, and, and you know what? We can pray right now, and and someone can say that prayer. Yeah. But only God knows the condition of that person's heart, and there has to be the Holy Spirit moving in that person's life. This is not you know being a Christian is not a formula. Yeah. Being a Christian is a personal encounter with Jesus that changes you. And so we can't just assume that if we go through step A, B, C, and D, we end up with, it's not a, it's not an algebra equation. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got three kids. Each one of those children are absolutely different. And you're going to love them. You're going to care for them. You're going to bring them to church. You're going to, you're going to lead them spiritually at home. You're going to teach them what it means to, to, to believe in Jesus and why Jesus died on the cross. But at the end of the day, this is still something that it is produced by the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, through believing the truth of the Word of God. So there's content, there's doctrine, there's truth, uh, and that's the Word, and then there's the Spirit. You've got to have those two together. I, I, I liken it to a defibrillator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when somebody's dead on the table or their heart's no longer beating, there's two paddles. Those two paddles are the Word and the Spirit. Um we, we we have to have both. Boom. But when you put both, you're resurrected. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what, what happened with my son uh, at the encounter was um, the Lord really did some powerful personal work to speak to his heart, to touch his heart. Uh, and uh, and that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that I believe is what happened with Samuel. That's what needs to happen with everybody who's listening is uh, you need to have an awakening. And now you can cooperate with that. You can say, Lord, I'm hungry. God, I want to know you. Jesus, come into my life. Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me the word. In fact, that's the posture we should have when we open up the Bible. Holy Spirit, I'm hungry. Teach me. Open my eyes. Help me to understand the the truth that I'm reading and to hear God's voice through the scriptures, but also to be sensitive to God's voice as we go through life. That's good. And, And for those who say, hey, you know what? The supernatural has ceased. 
you know, my, my question would be, what happens to salvation then? Is salvation still a work of our own hands, of right. the natural, or is salvation a work of the supernatural? Right. You know? In fact, you know, well, God doesn't, God doesn't heal people today. Well, isn't, isn't salvation uh, the healing of the human heart? Yeah. I mean, you're dead. You're spiritually cut off from God. Your heart is dead. It's like stone. Ezekiel said God was going to take out that stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. So yeah. that is a miracle. Yeah. Salvation is a miracle. Uh, it is a, a work of the grace of God through the Holy Spirit and through the Word to bring new life, and um, and so again, let's let's not let's not treat God like He's one of these deaf and dumb and blind uh, and impotent and lame statues, idols uh, that they had to combat in the Old Testament. Yeah. We can do the same thing with our lousy theology today. We can create the same kind of God, and then we wonder why nothing happened. Right. Well, that's good. So, you know, I think I, I just want to encourage those of you that are watching today to approach God the way Samuel did. Speak. Lord, I'm here. Speak. And obviously the primary means that God's going to speak to us is through the Word. So get into the Word every day. But when you're looking for decisions, like Andrew was talking about, there's a myriad of, of decisions that you're going to face in life. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want my will. I want your will. Lord, speak to me. So believe that God's going to speak. But then the second thing is, and we and maybe you could summarize here. You know, we, we, he says, "Speak, your servant." Why is it so important uh, from our side that we have a posture of a servant? In yeah. other words, it's not really about me. Well, again, I mean, let's go back to the example of the Israelites trying to use the ark for their own purpose. I mean, God can see through that. Anyone can see through that example. Right. You know, the Lord speaks. The Lord is depositing something. And I, I thought it was an interesting verse Jesus talks about. He says, don't give your pearl. Don't throw your pearls to swine. Yeah. You know, very degrading. I mean, swine is, in the <laughs> Jewish culture, is not a good thing. Um, yeah. Very degrading way. But I think he's using a powerful language that that you're gonna, you you treasure the, what you've been given. Um, and you don't just cast it in whatever. Right. I think the, the Lord used that principle too. He's going to give his treasure. His words are so treasured, so valuable. He's going to deposit in those who are going to uh, serve his purpose. Yeah. They're there to serve him. They're aligning themselves with what God wants. You know, It's interesting because in my own life, my experience is God's always speaking. The reason I'm not listening is because I have all kind of junk and filter in my own life, noise, like you mentioned earlier. Yep. And when I start, when the, what the Lord is doing in my heart is just stripping those noise one by one by one, and I get more and more clarity. Then the clarity is not that God wasn't speaking, it's that God's speaking the whole time. I'm just not. My vision has been on the wrong things because I'm about my agenda. I'm not the Lord's servant. I am my own servant. And sometimes we don't even know, right? We, we, we have good ideas and we have good intentions in our own heart. But it wasn't until the discovery would be like, well, actually, that's still really selfish. Yeah. And I'm not then I, then the clarity of God's voice makes sense. Because God would be like, hey, do this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That makes no sense. Right. You know? And why, you know, it kind of led to the final illustration that I gave. You know, if God's the quarterback yeah. and you're one of my receivers and we're playing football, right? And the goal in football is to, to score more points than the opposition. Yeah. So I drop back for a pass. I'm looking for a receiver. In other words, I'm looking for someone who still believes that I speak yeah. and who is in a posture of a servant, like, use me, use me. Yeah. So what does the Lord do? He's, I throw a pass to Pastor Andrew, and then you have to do something, right? First of all, you have to be paying attention. Yep. You can't have you can't be looking at the stands, you know, trying to find Debbie uh, <laughs> to say hi or something. You got to be, hey, I'm, I'm available. You have to be able to catch the ball, which means you have to listen. But then you don't just stand there. 
There's people trying to tackle you. You have to run, you know, run for the end zone. Yeah. You have to do something with it. And, and I just want to encourage people, and you touched on this, if we don't treasure our partnership with God, if we don't treasure the privilege of a relationship with God, if we don't treasure the voice of God, mm-hmm. then why in the world would God speak to us if if his voice is not valued and if we're not going to listen and do what he's asking us to do yeah. and obey it? Yeah. So, so this is not some cute, casual thing we're talking about today. No. This is talking about the central part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, John chapter 10, Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, they obey me. Uh, And so if we want to to grow in intimacy with the Lord, we need to be people that are submitted to Christ, consecrated to his purposes, and that really treasure what he has to say. And then, as you said, most importantly, obey what he's saying. Yeah, I think a practical, you know, a practical application of this is just go back and make a list of all the things the Lord has told you that you have not obey, big or small. Yeah. I mean, just uh, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, just a backstory, you know, a few months ago, the Lord told me specifically about uh, a business interaction with my one of the clients I work with. Um, and he says, hey, bless him with this amount of money, just out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, is that really the Lord? Yeah, no, time out. Okay, yeah. so uh-huh. you're you're following the Lord, you love the Lord, yeah. you're, you're, you're in a posture to listen to the Lord, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit Tells you to give so and so to bless somebody with something. Yeah, yeah. so that's not yeah. in the Bible. You no. won't find that particular thing, but you find that principle over and over. Over the principle, the and but now you have to determine. Okay, was it was you? Me, the Lord, and yeah. all And then I really felt the Lord because uh, that's not really what I'm thinking about. In the middle of Christmas season. <laughs> okay, so, so this is instru- yeah, instructive. Yeah, so yeah. you're not you weren't thinking about that person. It came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. It was not part of the budget. It wasn't thinking. I mean, it was just secondly. Yeah, is the devil going to generally go around telling you to go bless? somebody uh and help right. somebody financially no, no. uh it's usually not his Lord agenda right. so right. this was probably the holy spirit right and and then and then next week i found out there's another the same situation with the same client I, something happened that i felt like i was taking advantage of okay throughout the next couple of weeks um so I did not follow through with this because I felt like they already took it. I felt like it was kind of unfair. I'm not going to go yeah, into details. Not gonna, it's not a big I'm deal. I'm not going to bless them. I, I, I feel a little bit of like, uh, no, it wasn't a big deal, but I feel a little, you know, chip yeah. on my shoulder. And then just about two or three weeks ago, the Lord reminded me of that word that I was disobedient to. Again, you know, when all that stuff happened, I was like, is that really from the Lord? But then two or three weeks ago, the Lord reminded me of that. Yeah. And and the Lord and he used the Bible verse. He said he he brought back what Jesus said. Says if you bless those who bless you, you're just like the heathens. But if you bless those who don't bless you, who who aren't aligned with you, then you're like the sons of God. Okay, so great example. So I love this. So the Holy Spirit reaches into your reservoir yeah. of Scripture, yeah, and He reminds you of what. He told you to do, and of what the scriptures. What told the you. scripture told me, and th- those two alignment was like when I have two two alignment. The prop as a math guy, well, I'm not a math guy, but I understand math. <laughs> the probability of that happening. So I think like that. I'm like that's the Lord. Yeah. So I will. I roll the check, mail it to them. You know. Again. So so now people say, uh, uh, 
late obedience is disobedience or, or tardy obedience right. is late. But but I would be like better late than never oh, at absolutely. some point. You know, yeah, I'm not I'm saying it's perfect. I should have been more perfect back then. I'm still learning to hear, discern the voice of God. I'm still well, learning and obedience. And I go back to the scriptures. The Bible gives an example of a guy that says, yeah, I'll do it and never does it. Yeah. And the example of a guy that says, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and does it. Yeah. Which one's more righteous? Well, the latter. So, I mean, that's a yeah. perfect example. You had a little stumbling block. I had a little there, stumbling block. I'm learning to hear the voice. I'm learning to process my emotions, but in the day it's like the Lord spoke, I rolled a check and sent it. I have no no need to do it, no pressure to do it. I just did it because yeah. I, I, I did it out of obedience. The yeah. person so I really moved on. Like we're all I won't even see the person anymore. So I think quarterback Jesus is dropping back. Is he going to throw you the ball? Absolutely. Now you might, you and I both, every time we drop the ball, yeah. we stumble. Yeah, uh, I fumbled it. I had to go pick it back up and, you know, <laughs> but, I lost five yards. But <laughs> but, but you move forward. Right. And, uh, and I think that's what the Lord's looking right. for. So that's a perfect example of a scenario in which it wasn't a direct answer from Scripture, but the principles from Scripture were there, and the Holy Spirit works with the Word. Yeah. To, we're going to be talking about that in the very next episode that we do, yeah. uh, the Word and the Spirit working hand in, in, in glove like that. Yeah. So, uh, so I think a practical uh, action step is make a list of all the things that the Lord— I mean, I think the, the Holy Spirit will remind you so quickly all the things He has called. It could be something so yeah. small— or so you're just like, ah, that's God doesn't really want that. Yeah. Now pray about it and go ahead and it will fulfill the, the disobedience you've been living in and then see what the Lord does. Yeah, that's so good. Amen. So again, sometimes we stumble, we fall, we trip up, but the process is learn to hear the voice of God, get the confirmation you need, and many times that comes through the written word of God, yeah. and then do what it is that God's asking you to do. That's how you live a dynamic fruitful, supernatural, exciting uh, life that Christ has called us to as followers of Jesus. Anytime you follow Jesus, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, so obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, honor God, follow his principles, and uh, and you will be incredibly fruitful. And that really is our prayer for you. Hey, we'd love to hear from you as you listen to these podcasts. So please interact with us here on Facebook. We'd love to to uh, hear if this is helping, if it's you know maybe a situation or story from your life. Uh, and last thing, please like it and share it with, with your friends because we are trying to expand uh, you know our broadcast, uh, uh, scope of our broadcast and, and the impact and our influence. So help us with that if you mm -hmm. would. But let us pray for you today. Lord, thank you for everybody that's watching. Thank you that you're a God who speaks. Lord, our part is to be servants who listen. So help us to, with that today. Use us today. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Uh, and let us be fruitful even as we go about your business. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next time we're together.